Billy Bats. I choose you. Say my name so my powers will become yours. Shazam! I'd like to purchase some of your finest beer, please. Glare. Yes. If you have a location like on a cliff, like a castle-esque type thing. Overlooking some water. Overlooking some water, splashing on rocks and stuff, then we will take that. Hey guys, welcome back to another Get Your Comic Con podcast. My name is Neil. And my name is Martin. And today we are going to be talking to you about Shazam. Just to say that it is now after 10pm on Saturday the 23rd of March 2019. So the embargo has lifted and we can now tell you all about this movie. But don't worry, we won't be saying any spoilers in this one, just our general reaction. Yep, no spoilers on this one. We are going to wait until the 5th of April when the movie is in cinemas so that you guys have had a chance to see it as well before we start talking about major plot points. If there is any. Who knows? <laughs> For now, we're just going to talk about our reactions to the movie, but also a bit about uh, what we have been doing this week. So, well, I kind of have to start this one because you weren't there for this first bit. But last Saturday, I sat out on the doorstep of Forbidden Planet in London from 6.45 in the morning until 10 o'clock to get a wristband to meet uh, David F. Sandberg, who directed this movie, and Zach Levi and Mark Strong. It was long and cold and at times quite frustrating. I was in bed. (laughs) Yes, you were asleep. No commitment. I was sitting out in the cold, but it was totally worth it. So on Monday night, I got to meet all three of them. Again, I had to queue outside Forbidden Planet for another couple of hours to get to be one of the first ones to go in. But we got a really awesome sign poster, which is going to go up on the wall quite soon. I got to say hey to Zach and have a little chat with him, which was really nice. And the director, who was also really cool. And Mark, who was a little less chatty on the day, but was also a really nice guy. And we got a cool little poster signed. And for those that didn't have tickets to the premiere, they all got given one. Which turned out to be a bit ridiculously lucky for us. Because we had press tickets. And then we won tickets to the premiere. And then I got given a ticket to the premiere. <laughs> So in the end, we went from no tickets to five. Yeah, we had all the tickets, really. It was a bit of an awkward conversation with the press team from Warner Brothers when I said, I don't need the tickets that I've won or the one that you've just given me at the signing because we already have press tickets. We're just covering all the bets here. Then on Wednesday night, we uh, got to see the movie, didn't we? We did. We had early access to the fairground, which was down on London South Bank on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we had access to see the movie. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do the meet and greet that was on the night, but I'd already done the meet and greet earlier in the week, so that was cool with me. And you're not really big on meeting famous people, so... I never really know what to say to them, to be honest with you. Just like, hey, you're famous. It was a bit like that when I met them on Monday, so when I walked in and it was Zach first, he kind of gave me a high five and said, hey, and then, I, yeah, it was a bit like, so... How you doing? <laughs> and then you just realise that all 100 people have said, like, hey, how's it going? And I'm sure by the end of it, they're probably just fed up with saying, yeah, I'm good. How are you? 
Yeah, I, no, I can't do it. it. Makes me feel really awkward. Then I feel really awkward for them because I know they don't care. Well, it's not that they don't care. Zach Levi seems to be a really nice guy. You remember we met him years ago at uh, Nerd HQ when we did the panel with Stephen Amell, and he moderated. Zach moderated the panel and then hung around and chatted to people afterwards. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, but we bumped into him as well outside before we went into the panel. Yeah, I was like, "Who's that guy?" And you're like, "That's Zach Levi." That's Chuck. <laughs> He's a really he seems to be a really genuinely nice guy, and he hung around for a long time. And that meet and greet went on for a long time before the screening on Wednesday as well. Before we get to the movie, though, let's talk a bit about the fun fair for those that didn't get to attend. It was seven different fun fair stalls, each one of which could give you a little lightning bolt on a stamp card, and that got you prizes at the end. So, oh god, I have to remember now what they all were. Well, it's the name, isn't it? It is. Can you recite it without checking it first? Maybe. Go. So, S is the strength of Solomon. Yep. H. H is... Oh no, sorry. So, S is the wisdom of Solomon. H is the strength of Hercules. Yes. A. He's looking at me blankly, viewers, listeners. Uh, the speed of Achilles. Yep. Is Achilles fast? Yes, because of the tendon. Z is the power of Zeus. Yep. Lightning fingers. A. There's another A again, isn't there? Yep. Um, we'll come back to that one. Nah, come on. It's not Shazma. It's Shazam. <laughs> uh, oh, God, I can't remember now. Boo. Is that where Missouri? Alright, okay. Just to school you and anybody at home that doesn't know, it's the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. I was almost there. You were close. So each one of those had its own um, game that you had to play in order to get the stamp to get your prize at the end. So you had to throw darts at balloons, and you had to hit the yellow ones that were in the thunderbolt rather than the red ones. So that was definitely not the wisdom of Solomon. <laughs> no. I, I don't know that they went in the right order here. I think that was the, Her- the Zeus, because the darts were your lightning bolts. True, And the yes. yellow balloons were in the shape of a lightning bolt. So the wisdom of Solomon was where you had to guess where the magic eight ball was. Each different box had one of the letters on and you had to guess which one had the magic eight ball in it. Magic eight ball is an important point of the story, so we're not going to tell you any more about that. Strength of Hercules, you had to lift two 15-kilogram weights. I... Could not do it. No, but you do have very small, tiny arms. It, I actually think that that one was a little bit unfair because the sign quite clearly said for 30 seconds and the guy said that's false advertising, you have to do it for a minute. Yeah, but you couldn't even do it for 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, oh, no, that's Stamina of Atlas, surely. And Strength. Oh, yeah, there was that is Stamina because then next to it was the Hammer. So that ah, yes. Strength. So then there was the Hammer, you had to, like the classic fairground one where you have to hit the target and make the little thing hit the bell um i got higher than captain sparkle fingers which is the very bottom i got to red cyclone very good which was one up from the bottom to be fair the whole time we were there nobody made that bell down no they didn't not one person um courage of achilles you had to spin a wheel uh and each one of the things on the wheel was a different creature so there were spiders or jellyfish and things like that and you had to put your hand in and find the stamp for them to stamp your card from within the creepy crawlies I thankfully got jellyfish, which was not that hard. Speed of Mercury. Oh, that was the ball game. So in this one, you had to uh, roll balls um, up a... It was painted to be like a road, and you had to roll them up the road into a hole at the end. And 
that you had to get six. If you got six in, then Shazam flew up to the sky and you got the stamp. Within 30 seconds. Within 30 seconds. There was also uh, one that I didn't get to do. Oh, that was the Magic 8-Ball one. What else was there? There was the Helter Skelter. There was Helter Skelter, which was the the seventh and final one. Um, Doesn't really correspond to any of the layers. Wasn't it the um, exclamation mark at the end of Shazam? Because the stamp card had Shazam and an exclamation mark. Oh, well, fair enough. I feel like we're missing one. Yeah, the little photo booth thing. That wasn't a stamp. That was just for fun. So there was also a photo booth where you could go in um, and there was a big video wall inside and it showed you as per normal and then when they gave you a little countdown you had to go Shazam! And then suddenly you had your costume on on screen and you had to dance around throwing electricity around and then at the end of it they'd email it to you. Although I'm still waiting for it to arrive. But then someone messaged me earlier saying did I know what happened because loads of people are waiting for them. So maybe there's a little problem in the system and it'll arrive in like a week's time. You get to see me dancing like a complete buffoon. Overall, it was a really fun experience, though. I really liked it. It was a neat little bit of marketing for the film. It's a shame it was only open to the public on Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday. And a half-day Friday as well, which is bizarre. But then they seemed to be really running out of prizes when we went back on the Thursday evening. And I wasn't massively busy, but then we did go fairly early on. So we went at like five in the evening and it well, shut at eight. quite early, if you think about it. It might have been really busy during the day, for all we know. I still think it was a really good idea for marketing the film, though, because I'm sure a lot of people that wandered by that were not overly aware of what Shazam is suddenly thought, ooh, what's this? Free fun fair. Oh, we've missed out the most important bit. Uh, one of the fun things, particularly for kids, that was part of the fair was that at random intervals, all of the different um, little huts that the games were in would suddenly start flashing lights. And if you screamed Shazam, then uh, the game's rules would change. So... With rolling the balls, it suddenly became, instead of having to get six, you only had to get one. If you were doing the the hammer one, then you got given the bigger hammer and it was easier to hit the target. The weight would go out of the weights so that you could hold them up easier. Um, just to make it slightly more fun and to make you believe you had the power of Shazam. So overall, how many lightning bolts did you get from the fair? Out of seven? Three. It's, you know, top effort. Really. <laughs> it was alright. I... Popped one balloon when I was supposed to pop three. That wasn't too bad. You did better than the girl before you who threw the dart and bounced off the balloon and then into the crowd. Yes, that was slightly dangerous. Thank God for safety goggles. Although I was slightly disappointed it didn't hit me because then I thought that I would have got some major prize as compensation if it did. And I didn't get to do the Magic 8-Ball one because it was closed. Yeah. I think he was going on a break. Yeah, he was going on a break. I'm sure it had been a long day. Then, after all that excitement, we got to see the film. But before that, we got a free bag of crisps prior to the film, which I thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs> so this was your first experience of one of these events, because obviously I got invited to Aquaman, but I didn't have a guest ticket for that one. Uh, this was the first time I had a, I had a guest ticket for, uh, for a big screening like this one. And it was, in fact, the European premiere. So obviously Zach and David and Mark were all there, which was very, very cool. But what was your what was it like your first experience of a Hollywood premiere? Um, yeah, it was it was different. I suppose it's you know a bit more high class than going down to Disney World. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a, there wasn't like a proper big. So there wasn't like a red carpet sort of. Lots were you, of we all you were hoping for a red carpet. Oh no, I was dreading that. But I was like, I don't want to get papped. Oh really? <laughs> Why do you think I bought an entirely new outfit just in case I got papped? Well, I was coming straight from work. I was like, oh god, you know. Get like packed, and who's this disheveled NHS worker on a red carpet? 
for, it was it was held at the BFI down on the South Bank, which I thought was a really nice venue. Actually, I had no idea there was a four hundred and fifty seater cinema in there. No, because when you said BFI, I thought oh, it's going to be the big IMAX. I thought it was going to, it was going to be the big IMAX as well, particularly because the film is being released in IMAX. So in my head, we were seeing it in IMAX. Then we got it booked to see it this week, just normal for the Cineworld unlimited screening. And then next week on opening night, we're seeing it on the Sky Super Screen. So I thought, well, we'll have done all of them by then. <laughs> but no, no IMAX. It was so good, though. It's always good going to these events, though. I love the fact that I get to catch up with my DC family from the interwebs. So you had Paul and Alex from DC World were there. Nicola and Chris from We Have a Hulk. Ben from DC TV. Aspiring Kryptonian was there. And Luke, the Geek of Steel. And Kibler, that's also part of their We Speak Geek crowd. And DC Legends. Apologies if I'm missing anyone. There were so many people. I think I spoke to absolutely everyone in that room that night. I was working the crowd. You were indeed. On to the movie itself. Just to remind everyone, this is a spoiler-free discussion. No spoilers. What did you think? I was anxious. Because That's just because you were in a social situation. Well, that as well. Um, lots of new people. I was anxious what to expect based on the maybe the previous films that have come before. Mm-hmm. Where expectations didn't quite meet what reality was. Yep. I wasn't really 100% sure what to expect because I'm still fairly new to the Shazam world. So I've only just started recently reading the new um, Jeff Jones run. Yep. So I'm not overly familiar with the backstory. I mean, I've dipped into the new 52 stuff, but before that, other than his appearances in Justice League, I wouldn't really know. Yep. Um, But I was really pleasantly surprised. Okay. Because I thought this was an excellent film. It really was. It was genuinely an excellent film. Truly excellent. You can hear the surprise in my voice. <laughs> like, amazingly excellent. It was. It was just, it was absolutely outstanding. If you want to read my full review, which I also tried to keep as many spoilers out as I possibly could, it's, uh, it's available now on the website. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I said that this was the DC film that we'd all been waiting for. It, it takes those, it takes the good points from Wonder Woman which I felt had a lot of heart and a lot of character, but still had good action, and then takes from Aquaman the kind of spectacle, although this isn't as big as that, and kind of puts all the good points of those two movies together into one really good movie. I don't know that I would say it was better than Wonder Woman, which is like my number one of modern DC, but it's certainly on par with it for me. I would have to agree, I would give it a good solid, maybe even nine and a half out of ten. <laughs> really? You go that far? Yeah. Because it had all, it had, you know, we had really serious bits, but we had like really good comedic elements in it, we had some really nice character developments in it, it had a really good storyline, it was just, it was just really good to be honest with you. <laughs> but I never see, I'm never that enthusiastic. You, no, you don't. Normally it's, it's right, means it's good. For you, for yeah. you to say it's good means it's really good. Okay. You're right, though. There are a lot of different elements in it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of the stuff that you would expect from a superhero origin story. It's all there. You get to, you know, learn who he is, learn his alter ego, see how he gets his powers, see him fight his first villain, etc., etc. That's all there, but it is presented very differently. You do have some elements of horror in there, which were unexpected and were excellent, 
and there is a lot of comedy in there. And I think one thing that's really important to say is that I know a lot of people are concerned that because he's a kid in an adult's body and it does evoke some of the sense of like Tom Hanks in Big, that it would be cringeworthy in a way. That like um, Asher Angel as Billy Batson will be fine and will be a kid and he'll, he will be a kid and he'll be funny. But then Zach Levi as a kid in an adult's body could lean towards too kid friendly or being really cheesy and it's not no not at all he I mean Zach Levi is amazing in Chuck as it is and if you liked that brand of humour that you see him doing in Chuck this is more of that he is just perfectly cast I find absolutely perfectly cast I think it's good that you mentioned the sort of the the links to Tom Hanks and Big because it felt very sort of in a way, sort of like 80s nostalgia. Oh yeah, absolutely. I but felt in that a really with, good way. Yeah, I felt that with Aquaman as well, but I felt it more so with this. I felt, I felt this did it in a slightly different way. Aquaman felt like watching a, an 80s sci-fi movie, whereas this, like you just say, and uh, has that sense of big about it. And with some of the characters who are in there who are... CGI creations shall we say they felt and you said this when we walked out of the cinema they feel almost like Jason and the Argonauts in some respect and the Ghostbusters well, that's what I, that's what I was going to say was Ghostbusters there are some scenes in particular where I really felt like I was watching like classic Ghostbusters again which I just really really enjoyed it's put together very very well and it sounds like we're talking about loads of really disparate elements like how can it be comedy and then how can it be serious and then how can it be horror but it just does it all seamlessly and meshes it all together into something very, very different for the comic book world. And you get some really nice elements of story in there as well. Like little bits where you're like, oh God, that's really quite upset. There are. You can definitely expect to have your heartstrings tugged on a few occasions throughout this film. But at the same time, I left the cinema grinning like a kid because that's how I felt. I always leave the cinema from a good comic book movie feeling like I want to go, like, be a superhero. But, but you do that at the end of every date. Yeah. Well, yeah, the whole idea that that the hero of Shazam is inside Billy Batson, that that is the hero within him, that he was true of heart and had all of the different qualities that it took to be the hero. I left that cinema thinking like, I have those qualities too. I could be that guy. Like you know, you walk out of Justice League or you walk out of Batman versus Superman, and you think, I wish I was Batman, or I wish I was Superman, or in your case, I wish I was Wonder Woman. Whereas I, for a minute there, I truly believed that if I said Shazam, I would be a grown-up, yeah. which is ironic considering I'm 33. It would take a lot to make you a grown-up. <laughs> Thanks. You need more than a, a wizard on an underground station for that. I also really appreciated the music in this, which uh, I felt, I was about to say bigged up, but it, it just sounds like I'm giving too much to that Tom Hanks movie now. Uh, it really emphasised that feeling of... 80s nostalgia as well. So it's by a guy called Benjamin Wolfish, which is not a name that I know. It complemented everything really well. He worked on Blade Runner, actually. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, as well as uh, the remake of It and Dunkirk with Chris Nolan. Who knew that? He's also... So he's actually quite a famous composer. <laughs> it's just not a name I've ever come across. He's also credited on Batman vs Superman, interestingly. Composer for additional music. He must have worked... Maybe he's from the school of Hans Zimmer, then. 
Hans does love to uh, train up the next generation. So he composed what the class as additional music on Batman vs Superman. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, I think it's a big part, really, because the score in Aquaman really drove me mad in certain points. We just think this is too slapstick comedy. Oh, really? Oh, God, that scene in the desert drove me mad. Oh, that's like... It was like trying to be a Caron film or something ridiculous. With the horrible version of Africa? No, but after that, it was all like... Where they were trying to be all playful in the sand and the music was like... Oh, but that just makes me think of like Indiana Jones. Yeah, but it was done well in Indiana Jones. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Aquaman. (laughs) Back on topic. Shazam, music. So at the start of it, yes, I really liked it, but I suppose I kind of... It was less prominent for me in the middle. Yeah, I would agree, actually. So at the start, I was like, oh, this is good. This is a good start. And then I just sort of lost it a bit. And then had a strong end. Yeah, you're right. I, I think the bits that I remember the most are the the opening sequence when you're hearing it for the first time and thinking, what is the musical landscape of the movie? And then when he first says Shazam, and then the final like fight sequence in the third act. So I suppose you're right. I maybe haven't heard what's in the middle, but I, would, I will still be giving it a listen when it's released. I thought the CGI was really good in this movie as well. Considering, uh, so the budget for this one is rumoured to be around 80 million, which is... Oh, spare change, isn't it? Well, no, it's a lot less than, than some of the summer tentpole movies. When you think about like a Transformers movie or Batman vs Superman, it's one of the most expensive films of all time that costs around 300 million. What, is, so, is there any real actors in Transformers? <laughs> okay, well, we know you're not a big fan of that franchise. I'm just saying it looked good for a movie that is of this scale but considered a lower-budget movie. And I, quite, I liked the fact there was quite a lot of practical effects as well. There were a lot of practical effects in there, and it's been really interesting listening to interviews with Zach and the director and other people involved in the movie to hear that they tried to do as much as they could practically. Obviously, stuff like the lightning bolts are not real, um, but well, the suit they, itself. They have a goal. The suit is excellent. I loved the suit. I thought that was all CGI until they said it was practical. I think the cape was CGI on a couple of occasions, particularly when he was flying. I think they did what they do with Batman vs Superman and Man of Steel, which is have practical suits but without a cape. I really like the level of detail in the thunderbolt on the chest as well. Mm, that was I, really impressive. I pointed it out to you partway through the film, didn't I? That actually there's. It's almost like clouds. There's just something that is inside the suit that's moving around, which was really nice to see, actually. It was really cool to see that level of detail in that part of the suit, as well as the actual fabric of the suit itself. And that was all practical? <laughs> I don't know that the energy inside the lightning bolt was practical. It was. You said that, that in the interview. No, the lights were practical. No, the, the movingness around it practical. Oh, did he say that? Did yeah. he? I thought he was just talking about the lights. No. Oh, wow. That's in... What was that then? Well, I don't know. I'm not a prop maker. <laughs> Who was your favourite of the kids? I have I have a favourite of the... I think they all had really good moments. I think all... One thing that I, I pointed out in my review was that although I had, there was somebody who was definitely a standout for me in, amongst the uh, the family in the Vasquez house, um, I had a I did have a favourite. Did you have one? Um, no, I didn't have a favourite, actually. Okay. I thought they were all they all stood out on their own actually. They all had great little moments. Mary was interesting to see her development being the oldest of them. I loved the um, I can't think of her name now, I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, I loved Dala. I thought Dala was hilarious as the little sister who just wanted to be everyone's best friend who was a bit cuddly. 
Pedro was interesting. There's clearly more to be developed and mined in future films for that one. But my favourite was absolutely, without a doubt, Ian Chen as Eugene. I thought Eugene was excellent. Um, yeah, he was quite funny, actually. He just set the the tone for him was set so well in that first scene when he uh, when Billy is brought back to the house by the mum and dad, and he's sitting there on his little gamepad. Say no more spoilers, but they were all just really compelling characters. And that's, that, again, is one of the major things that I take away from this. And if you read my review, you'll see the same thing, which is that in amongst all of the action and that comic book-ness, there is a lot of heart to this movie, a lot of heart, a lot more than we've seen, certainly in loads, many, many comic book movies recently. And they still managed to put in a whole heap of Easter eggs as well. <laughs> so many Easter eggs. We won't touch on them. That's a conversation for a later date. Although, one thing that is in the trailers, which you pointed out, and I wasn't sure about, but I am now convinced, is that that Batman action figure that he throws is the voice of Kevin Conroy. It's definitely Kevin Conroy. It sounds so much like him. Given that classic, I'm Batman, in like a Kevin Conroy style, which I clearly cannot do. He's not on the cast list on IMDb. Just going to say that, but it definitely sounds like him to me. Was that a real Batman toy? Yeah, they were all real toys. Mm, I thought so. If you see, if you look in the background of that whole sequence in the toy store, which is in the trailers, so we're not spoiling anything for you by saying this, they're all real DC action figures and cuddly toys and stuff like that. It's all real merchandise, which I thought was quite clever. Nice use of product placement. <laughs> product placement for your own franchise. What did you think of Mark Strong as the villain? I thought this was a really interesting villain for a comic book movie. Yeah, I really liked him actually. I think it was it was very well done, considering it was done in a way that you wouldn't normally expect. Yep, absolutely. But still done very well. It make more sense when you see it. <laughs> I think there are things that you can say. So, I, one thing that I I will say is that the movie does open with him in some respects rather than Billy Batson, which is a huge change for a comic book movie to open in this way, but really adds some emotional depth to his character and at times I think it's because of the look of the character he sort of reminded me of Michael Keaton as Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming but there's a there's a level of context and a level of depth to how they portray the villain which is very deep for what we've seen in a lot of comic book movies recently yeah I mean if you look at um, what Justice League where it's Steppenwolf and he's just there yeah and he's upset and he wants his box Whereas Mark Strong, there's a lot more to it, and it's a lot more complex. But he still manages to play some scenes as a campy villain, which I think is on purpose. I'm, I'm not saying that as a, I'm not detracting from his portrayal or saying that it's not done very well. But there are certainly some scenes which are more of a classic campy villain, and it seems like he really enjoys doing that. And it's also quite fun to watch, but never again strays into that sort of like Halle Berry Catwoman sort of territory. Oh, thank God! That's <laughs> what well, so I'm. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to illustrate that there are levels of how you can do things in a comic book movie, and sometimes when you get it wrong, it veers off into that sort of territory, or you end up with just a a really really flat villain. I will often tell you that villains in Marvel movies are very very flat, and he is he is not he is not flat. He's absolutely not flat. I mean, Thanos is not a flat villain in any respect. There's a there's a good little arc to that. But villains are so often wasted, and I don't think that he is. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't often get to see the, the history of a villain, really, do we? Or you do, and it's very generic, which this is just ever so slightly not. And it's enough that it makes it much more compelling. I would agree. Anything that you didn't particularly like about the movie? I actually didn't put anything in my review that was a negative. I had, I think that's, I did say the CGI is a little bit off in a couple of scenes, but nothing major. Um, no, I mean, maybe it was a, you know, just really sort of nitpicking here, but it's a bit of a kind of slow to start with. It's, it is but a it bit does of a slow start. Up fairly quickly. Yeah. Other than that, I think it was really good all round, to be honest with you. Okay, well that's probably a good place to leave it before we start hitting spoiler territory. You going to stick with your 9, 9.5 out of 10? I am. Definitely a 9 out of 10 for me. Things that we want people to know before they go see this movie. Stay till the very, very end. Two end credit scenes. There's a mid-credit and an end credit scene, so do stay for that. The end credits are bloody genius. They are... So funny. Didn't expect it to be done that way at all. Do not leave your seats. No, do not leave your seats. Anything else? No, just go into it with an open mind and I'm sure it will not be what you're expecting, but I'm sure you'll all love it anyway. Hopefully. And we will see you back here on or around the 5th of April on opening day for a spoilerific discussion of Shazam. Until then, see you later. Bye. Daily bats. I choose you as a champion. Say my name so my powers will become yours. Shazam. Wait for real.